Class, do you want in-depth coverage of Cobra Kai? Yes, Sensei! Do you want interviews with cast members and behind-the-scenes stories of that show? Yes, Sensei! Then you're in luck. Both Tom and I reviewed each episode on TV Ate My Brain. And we also got to interview a few of the cast members. Hey, my name is Joe Saw, and I play Kyler. Hi, everyone. My name is Hannah Keppel, and I play Moon. This is Gianni DiCenzo as Dimitri. I'm Yasin. Just kidding. I'm Annalisa Cochran. This is Nicole Brown. I played as Aisha on Cobra Kai. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And also find us on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod or in our Facebook group page. Which is www.cobrakai.tvamb group. No mercy, bitch. Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute, are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. I am your host, Peter. I'm your co-host, Phoenix. And we are doing our Big 200 episode. So if you've been following us, uh, we started off the podcast 199 episodes ago as a father and son podcast. Uh, It has since become a nostalgic podcast where we just review movies from our childhood, maybe some new releases. But uh, yeah, Phoenix is joining me for this very big epic episode. Not only are we going to talk about the 1988 big movie starring Tom Hanks. Well, actually, that's, that's all we're doing today. But I just wanted to kind of, you know, do a little play on word here, how this is a very big episode for us. So a couple big things, really, uh, to just kind of get it away. Phoenix, you recently turned the big 18. Mm-hmm. Big milestone. Yeah, well, welcome to adulthood. Uh, and you also had a big high school graduation. So congratulations on graduating. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I am very happy uh, for you. Uh, I, you know, for I am your father, uh, not the Darth Vader mm-hmm. style. Well, yeah. I guess technically, yes, like like the Darth yeah, Vader style. Darth Vader style. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about big, and we do have some uh, questions we uh, solicited from some fellow uh, friends, uh, podcasters that uh, they asked us. So we'll do that at the end of our review. So uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, what we like to do on the show is kind of take a look back at when. Uh, you know, the movie re- uh, re- released and talk about some of the other happenings here. Um, the number one song at the time of this movie's release was One More Try by George Michael. You're not familiar with George Michael, right? Um, not that I know of. Not the top of my head, no. You may be more familiar with the band he was a part of before he went solo, but he was with a uh, wham. Oh uh, yeah, Kiddos Whisper. Yeah, Kiddos yeah, Whisper. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that is him. Uh, very very big in the '80s. He had a lot of uh, huge hits. 
The only other movie that released that very same weekend, I'm pretty sure you've never heard of it, but it's called Funny Farm, uh, which stars uh, Chevy Chase, one of the guys that was one of the original Three Amigos. Uh, which, uh, yeah, one of the movies that we reviewed, he was kind of like the taller guy, you know, he wasn't Martin Short or Steve Martin. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if you remember him. <laughs> so that's pretty much it, uh, for a look back at that weekend. Um, again, this episode, we will be covering big. Um, so this one was directed by, uh, Petty Marshall. Uh, she was also the first woman who directed a movie that grossed over a hundred million dollars. Um, you know, cause this is, uh, back in the eighties. I already mentioned Tom Hanks stars in this movie as Josh Baskin. Um, we have Elizabeth Perkins as the love interest, Susan. Uh, we got John Hurd playing Paul, you know, which, uh, you know, both you and I, we know as the father from Home Alone. Yeah, you mentioned it. Um, and also we got, uh, Jared Rushton playing Josh's best friend, Billy. Uh, who else do we want to throw in? Do we want to talk about Mr. McMillan, uh, Robert Loggia or Mercedes Rule as Mrs. Baskin, his mom? And, uh, I guess, I don't know, we can say David Moscow, uh, who plays Josh, uh, the young Josh Baskin. So that's pretty much it there. So let's kind of go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Phoenix, when we watched the movie together, you did mention you have seen it before. Do you remember when that was? How how old you were? Um, I think I was like eight years old. It was, it was when I was young, though, just because I remember seeing, you know, Tom Hanks as an adult get all these cool toys and stuff for his apartment. And I remember thinking, wow, that that'd be cool. Yeah, it is a, a really cool idea uh, for me. I, you know, this is one of the movies that I, I grew up watching. Uh, I don't want to say like it was one of my favorites because there there were some parts that uh, maybe some very minor details I would say that I had forgotten. But for the most part, uh, the movie didn't seem like it was new for me. Uh, a lot of the beats were still very familiar. Uh, I kind of misremembered like his. His secretary, you know, having like a bigger part. Uh, I I thought John Lovitz had a bigger part, you know, and he really didn't. He was, he had like two scenes, maybe, you know, maybe three. But, um, so yeah, so, so some of those little details I, I kind of misremembered. Um, big, yeah, one of my favorite Tom Hanks uh, movies for sure. I like the idea of the movie, you know, where he becomes big, like a grown up, and you know, it's kind of a look at a child trying to kind of move out and, uh, you know, be on his own. So I thought that's kind of interesting, you know, like you yourself just turned 18. Maybe this is kind of like, I'm not saying that they made this movie to kind of scare kids, you know, that want to go move off on their own, but he is in New York. So that's a different monster in itself, I would think. But mm. um, did you like the the idea of the, you know, him growing big? I remember as a kid that I just didn't like the title because I didn't think it fit. You know, like when he wishes to be big, he should have wished to be older, I guess, you know? Like, I don't know. I, that's super nitpicky, but did you have any problems yeah, with... The title should be like old. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I uh, I wish I was older, but I guess the, the movie doesn't sound as cool if it was called older. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the same time, like if you was like, oh, I wish I was older, then they could have used it as a made a movie about him being like 80 years old. Yeah. Could be. Could be. All right. Uh, let's uh, jump into the movie. Uh, it kind of starts off and, you know, we get like a, I guess you can call it a bit of a montage, but we get to see him and Billy interact. You know, they do like that shimmy shimmy Cocoa Pop song. 
I remember that from my childhood. I think a lot of us memorized it. I remember when I was a kid, I actually would pause the VHS tape and I would actually write the lyrics down, you know, and then I'd have to rewind a little bit, push play, listen for the next line, pause, write it down again. So completely different time. I didn't have the internet that wasn't around yet, at least not you know to the extent of the way we know it as. So that's how I had to write lyrics and memorize um, songs back mm-hmm. in the day. But what did you think about uh, about Billy? You know his relationship with Billy. You know they're like twelve. Uh, I think both of them are twelve at this time. If not, if anything, Billy's already thirteen. Um, it was a good relationship. You know between the two. I feel like the characters had some good chemistry going on on screen. You know, you kind of see a sense of friendship here that you know you you can have as you get older. As you know, you can kind of see. Does that make sense? It it does. I mean, like you're just getting an idea of like uh, who his childhood friend is, and you know this is the guy that's probably gonna ride or die with him. You know, as he gets older, mm-hmm. and you know we'll kind of get to see that a little bit in, in this movie. You know how how close they really are, and and how much Billy or how far Billy will go as to help him. And I don't know, like kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I I don't think you know I don't think Josh is a, as good of a friend to Billy as Billy is to Josh. You know, so we'll definitely get into that later. Um, so what do you think about the carnival scene? So just to kind of set it up a little bit, um, Josh is like cutting through the line uh, to get to like some super loops. Uh, I guess it's a ride. And he's trying to get like next to a girl that he likes. I We kind of talked about it while we were watching it, but um, you got the sense that she was older, right? Because she, I guess, was kind of maybe seeing a guy that had a car. Yeah, I mean... Guys don't have cars in middle school or at the age of thirteen. Um, I mean, I I think clearly she she's older. I mean, I, I guess you can make the argument that you know he's a high schooler talking to a middle schooler, but that's I don't know about that. Yeah, if you have a car, you're probably gonna want to date another high school girl. So maybe she's a crush. You know, maybe she is in high school because I don't think they uh, really say it, but he's definitely younger. He's twelve. And if she's seeing a guy that's driving at the earliest he's driving is maybe fifteen. But you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say that he's probably sixteen. You know, if he's got his quote unquote own car. So that is weird because you're talking about three or four years older than him. But you know what? Maybe this is setting up that Josh may just like older women. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was thinking. So, uh, yeah, so Josh gets uh, denied. You know, he cannot get on the uh, the, the ride because he's too short. And then he finds the Zoltar Speaks. So that's actually what it's called. It's not just Zoltar. It's Zoltar Speaks. And, um, you know, it says to make a wish. And he wishes he was big. But he also notices that the machine isn't even plugged in. Mm-hmm. What you think about that machine? We've seen it uh, live, you know, probably not the exact same one, but you know, something basically very similar to it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting because you know, still use it even after it's unplugged. Um, it just makes me wonder, like, is Josh the only person that's used this altar? Is he the only person that's gotten the coin in his mouth? Like, it seems pretty easy to use him. Well, if you notice, actually, there's some coins that uh, did not make it to the mouth. So people have tried it, perhaps with it plugged in. So I don't know. Maybe Josh is just really good at games, right? So uh, 
I can see him making it in on the first try. We'll just go ahead and call it movie magic. But um, yeah, I I think that's one of the first things I would notice because he puts a coin in and it does nothing and he starts slapping it and stuff. The first thing I would have done as a kid at an arcade is like, is it plugged in? You know, because uh-huh. if you look at that scene, it's nowhere near anything else. It's kind of at the end. Uh, it's like on the outside of the boundaries of the carnival. So that that is interesting. So I, I wish we can find out a little bit more about that. I don't know what else we can, you know, what, what, what other details we would know, I guess, about the Zoltar Speaks. But that's kind of interesting. They they tell us that, hey, it's not plugged in. So I feel like that should be something. Like, how did they it get its, its power? You know what I mean? Like... Why couldn't it have been some kind of special night where the lightning, you know, gave it powers or something? You know what I mean? You just think this Back to the Future. That could be it, but you know, <laughs> but you know what I'm getting to, right? Like, um, yeah, m- make it more mystical, you know. But mm-hmm. it was just a mm-hmm. kid who popped a, a coin into a machine that was not plugged in. I could have used a little bit more fantastical element to it. Is kind right. of what I'm getting. Yeah, because like, what made it special? I don't know. You know what I mean? So that's so I, I wish that we did get a little bit more on that uh, for sure. So in the middle of the night, you know, his mom comes into his room and he's still a kid. So I don't know how much time has passed, but I don't think they came up with the rule to like how long it would actually take him after he makes the wish. But he does wake up and he's Tom Hanks. What What did you think about, you know, Tom Hanks going to the bathroom and seeing himself and all that stuff? It was a. I think it was a good scene. Um, the only thing I was really like eh, about was when his mom was talking to him and he was answering back. I mean, like, if you were his mom, wouldn't you notice like how much the voice has changed? I think so, but you know, um, he he tried to say that he was like, well, no, she's the one who thinks he's sick because he responds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I wouldn't have tried to do like the whole higher pitch voice like he does afterwards because. Even if he tried to speak softly and using his own voice, it would just sound like he had a sore throat, I think. Well, at the same time, you know, he's a 13-year-old. It's like, well, you know, in that situation, you'd be freaking out. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It, uh, but but to correct you, 12, he has not turned 13 yet. Oh, oh okay. yeah. So, so he's th- 12, but his best friend is 13. Correct, because they. Gotcha. I think Billy mentions it later. He's like, I'm six months older than you or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Because remember, they, they have like the, the birthday scene at the, the restaurant with him. So mm-hmm. so he turns 13 as he's older. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of funny. You know, he kind of checks his equipment to make sure that it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's big. Yeah, so uh, so that was kind of funny. Um, he goes to see Billy. Billy's at school. So he tries to convince Billy that he is who he is. And, um, you know, they do the shimmy Coco Pop song. The space goes down, down, baby, down, down the roller coaster. Sweet, sweet, baby, sweet, sweet, don't let me go. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa bop, shimmy, shimmy, rock. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa bop, shimmy, shimmy, rock. I met a girlfriend, a triscuit. She said a triscuit, a biscuit, ice cream, soda, pop, no, I'll tell. Ooh, Shalita, walked down the street, ten times a week. I met it, I said it, I stole my mama's credit. I'm cool, I'm hot, suck you in the stomach three more times. So apparently that's some sort of rap, and I guess I read that Tom Hanks kind of changed the lyrics a little bit. It's a song that his son liked or something, so that's what that was. But they did set that up early on because, like I mentioned, they did that song, Walking Down the Street, and so it was a kind of buy-in. Uh-huh. Did you like it at all, that that moment? Yeah, it's a nice one. A nice little touch to uh, have them recognize who each other are. 
Yeah, I think Jared Rushton, who plays Billy, I think he plays that scene very well, too. Like, he's just like, oh, my God, this is you, because he sings along as well. They have, like, their you know, their own hand motions and stuff. So I thought that was kind of a sweet moment uh, for, for the two characters. So, um, but Billy does help him, you know, get away to the city. You know, he steals money from his dad's uh, sock drawer. And also, um, they go to a St. James Hotel. And what do you think about this hotel? Because immediately after Josh settles in, he hears like a gunshot just right outside. Well, he's definitely getting a better, or not not a better. He's a uh, he's having a worse experience than Kevin McAllister would be having. Yeah, you kind of mentioned, you know, like this is uh, what, what did you compare it to? Kind of like Home Alone and yeah, Home Alone and vice versa. There you go. See, and when you said that, I was actually a little surprised because I don't remember showing you vice versa, but. It very much is like this, the same, you know, it's almost a body switch movie. And also he's out in New York, right? So it's like vice versa, lost in New York. So they tried to go to somewhere to try to find like a, a listing, you know, like to find out where there's other Zoltars. And they are told that it can take up to six weeks, which I, I feel like in today's you know standards, like it wouldn't take that long at all. It's all you could probably go online and find it. But... Mm-hmm. I didn't really remember this scene, uh, you know, as a kid. And I kind of like it now because I'm like, okay, that's why he is an adult for as long as he is. Mm-hmm. So um, so I don't know if you caught that at all. So I was, because I guess I never really thought about it. Like, yeah, what's taking him so long? And it's because there's like a filing process and all of these things. But six weeks, that's a long time to, to yeah. be. And you got to remember... Uh, he's also reported missing at this point, too, by his parents. Uh-huh. So he applies at uh, McMillan Toys, and I really like the scene where he's, like, filling out the application with Billy. Uh, he needed, like, a social security number, and so, like, Billy just gives him, like, the combination to his locker. And then, like, during the interview process, you know, there's a little, like, misunderstanding where... Uh, I guess he's asked, where did you go to school? So he's like, George Washington. The guy's like, oh, GW. You know, my brother got a doctorate there. And did you pledge? And he's like, what, what, what did he say? He's like, yeah, every morning. Yeah, right. So did you think he thought that was like pray? That like, did you pray or something? Or Yeah, yeah, Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, okay. There you go. Pledge of Allegiance. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you catch? Okay, so the guy says, hey, you're you're missing... I think I don't know if he said you're missing a number, but you're you know you're definitely missing something from your social security number. Did you? Yeah, he said he said you're missing numbers, and then he goes, oh, and then he like says two numbers, and then he like writes it down for his social security. So I had uh, so I read this in the trivia, and I'm glad I did because I guess he was. If you think about it, he's um, he gave the guy six numbers, and it's actually your social security number is ten. Eight, nine, nine. Oh. So, so it's nine, and he already gave him six. And so Josh replies, oh, one, two. You know, because 12 is his, his age, but but he goes, oh, one, two. Uh, that's good. Yeah, so I, I kind of like that. You know, that's you know that's on the writing there. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I thought that was kind of cool. So it was, that was a fun trivia to read. Um, so he eventually gets the job, which was uh, really easy for him. That's nice. Uh, John Lovitz, what do you think about his character? That's the guy that sits next to him. You mentioned that he was in Deadpool. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Yes, he was in Deadpool. No, 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 no not Deadpool. Ant Man. Oh, Ant Man. Okay. 
Okay, that that yeah, I think I think it was Ant Man that you said, but again, I'm kind of just looking through it and I'm not seeing Ant Man. He was in his well, credits. Okay. So it must have been somebody else I, that kind of looked like him. Oh, it's not this, okay, so it's the wrong guy. Yeah, but um, I mean, in Wedding Singer, he was like the other. Well, he was the creepy Wedding Singer. But if you watch that movie again, you you would definitely remember. Um, but yeah, I I just for some reason I just kind of remember John Lovitz having a bigger role. The next time we see him, he's like doing pelvic thrusts on the dance floor. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Josh's call home? You know, he's he's at work and he calls you know, his mom, and basically he's saying, like, yes, we have your son, he's great, he's doing well, uh, we're just going to hold on to him for a little bit longer. Um, I mean, it was, it, it's a good way to explain to the parents, like, why he's gone, but at the same time, it's like, it was, it was weird, you know, the whole situation. It is kind of weird because, like, he just says, like, your son is doing well, but he doesn't really give her anything else, you know, but she just wants to know he's fine, so she's like, all right, well, Tell me something that he would know. And she's like, oh, what's the song that I used to sing to him, which Tom Hanks sings. So it it lets her know that he is alive, but it's like, it's torturing the mom, I feel. Like, you're calling her and she's like, you know, he's just right there, but I can't have him, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I get it. You know, he wants to hear his mom's voice and, you know, he allows her to, you know, like know that he is fine, you know, that he is with somebody. Yeah, I think it's a little selfish of him. Yeah, he's twelve years old, and you know he's scared. He just he just wants he wants his mom to know he's good and that he is doing well. So, it mm. I I just wish it was written a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So there's a scene. Um, it's a very brief scene where he's at the hotel. It's, it shows a little passage of time because he's like eating Oreos. He's laying on his stomach with his feet up. He's watching a movie. And like shots are fired, and it doesn't. He doesn't even react, right? Yeah, he's settling in. Yeah, settling in. So it's you know it must have been a while now. So it was kind of a nice way to say, hey, it's probably been a couple weeks, maybe at this point. But one of my favorite scenes is the bank scene where he cashes in his paycheck. I think he had like one hundred eighty-seven dollars and like thirty cents, maybe. Did you like that part? You know where she's like, oh, how do you want it? Yeah, and he goes a uh, hundred dollar bill and eighty ones. No, uh, yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, three dimes, a hundred dollars and 87 ones. And in my mind, the first thing I thought was like 87 ones, like, are you going to a strip club? You know? So that's, I was like, what are you gonna do with 87 ones? But I don't know. I guess at that time, things weren't very expensive. So you probably could pay for a lot of things with like just a few bucks. Yeah. So Josh is at a toy store by himself and he's like playing with some random kid because kids do that right they 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 see another kid like their age and he's playing like laser tag with a guy and he runs into mr mcmillan you know who's the owner of mcmillan toys and all of a sudden gets promoted to like vice president of some sort of toy testing position Uh uh-huh so what'd you think of uh you know josh playing uh and and all of that in the store um i like the piano scene Okay, I think it was a little on the nose that he just you know got this great job just from you know playing around. Like if it was that easy, I'm sure everybody would be doing that. Yeah, I kind of see where they're going though. Everybody is trying to you know kiss ass and 
you know, they're all they're they're all grown ups, right? It's a little boring. And Josh comes in, he's kind of a fresh of breath air. You know, he still has like the mentality of a kid because he is one. And uh-huh. I think Mr. McMillan's like, you know what, you can tap in to like the psyche of a child and I like that. Um promoting him was maybe a little rash, you know, like maybe he could have been like an assistant to the person that was doing that particular job. You know, or maybe they were looking to replace him. That could be it too. Yeah. So I, I kind of get it. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it that for sure. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be okay with that. Uh, okay. But you know, who's not okay with it is Paul. What do you think about Paul? He's, I, he's I, I get where villain. he's coming from. Yeah, I get where he's coming from. You know, this new guy comes in out of nowhere, takes his the job that he wants or whatever, something that's a bigger position than him, or at least has a bigger office than him. He has more responsibility, even though he's been kissing up to Mr. McMillan for how many years? Yeah, he he works he works hard for what he does, you know. Yeah, yeah, he does. And um he's probably started from the bottom, you know, and Josh just came in, been a couple of weeks and had already been promoted to some vice president position. So like Paul's giving some kind of presentation and Josh is like playing with this this robot that turns into a building, and this is where we get like I don't get it scene. Did did that bother you? Like, did you did you understand why uh, Josh didn't understand or like he didn't get it? Like the whole robot I got train? it. Yeah, I didn't understand either. I mean, it makes sense. Like, why would you want to play with a building? Yeah, it, it was fun in that. You know, it, it should be a building turning into a robot at least, because then the robot could do things. And so, like, what does he suggest? Like, a bug? <laughs> like, turn yeah, into a bug. bug. Um, so, Susan, she takes notice. And Susan is, um, I don't want to say Paul's girlfriend. So, basically, what Susan is, she tries to leech on to any person that is kind of advancing in the company. Because, like, later on, Paul and her have this fight. And he kind of, like, just runs off, like, a bunch of names of the guys that, like, Susan tried to hook up with. So, what did you think about her character? She was a she was an interesting character. I mean, I, I don't think that she necessarily was, you know, trying to go through the power ladder or whatever. But I don't mind her as much. I liked her as a character. I felt kind of bad for her. I felt bad for her later on too. But you know, if you kind of just kind of listen to like her conversations with Paul, like Paul knows about the previous guys before him at work, you know, and they, you know, he has her key to her place right when she starts seeing josh you know so he kind of sees this and it's like oh you did this with me i feel you know so i feel like she was kind of like using other guys to kind of try to you know rise up in ranks as well that's the impression i got but you didn't you didn't get that at all i didn't get that you just think that she just kind kind of dates people that she works with yeah yeah that's one of the things that you'll grow up learning that you don't mix you know pleasure with business you know it's just it can cause and and you see it in this movie it can cause like very uncomfortable uh, moments you know like meetings and stuff so um just a little word of advice there from one speaking of experience so we get a montage uh, uh you know while josh is writing a letter home uh and also we get to see like all the things that he buys and stuff like that uh what do you think are some of the coolest things that he owns uh in his loft or studio, I guess, studio apartment. Would you want a studio apartment? Do you, do you even know what that is? I, I think that'd be cool. I mean, like the type of apartment Josh has. but Right, there's, I, okay, there's for, no rooms. You know, it's just one big open space. That's the studio apartment. Yeah, I've always, that'd be kind of cool. I'm sure that it has, like, its own bathroom. But I've always wondered, like, what does the bathroom look like? Is it just a toilet in the middle of the studio? <laughs> yeah. 
but I'm sure it's its own room, you know. But yeah, I mean, because we see like his his bunk bed is also in the middle. So the, the studio just I imagine no rooms except for like the bathroom, you know. Hmm. Um, I like the trampoline in there just because having an indoor trampoline would be kind of cool. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, a vending machine. I think that was pretty cool. Without coins, right? Mm-hmm. He brings it up coins. so you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, and, and I mean, why I, would I you get that? Could, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could like understand that you know you have a fridge, you know you don't need a vending machine, but having a vending machine in itself, like that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, those are probably it. Like to me, I think everything else is really just toys. Yeah, he had like a pinball machine. He had some kind of ship uh, model that he was in the middle of. And, yeah, making. I think it was a Lego. Okay. Hey, the, the the part that kind of made me go like, wait a minute, was when she touches it. He's like, oh, oh please, please don't. You know, uh, the glue hasn't dried yet. I'm like, well, how, how long ago did you apply that glue? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it should have it been dry. So, um, yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting. Uh, we were jumping ahead a little bit there. But, uh, you know, I, d- I did want to ask what you thought was cool in terms of, like the stuff that he, he bought. So the company dinner scene, you know, he shows up in a white tuxedo. Everyone's laughing at him. I think the only one that's amused is uh, Mr. McMillan. He's just like, well done, Josh, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think about that? Um, did you get the part where he's eating the baby corn? Yeah, so yeah, I, I did. I mean, I know you're older now, but when I was a little kid, I had to ask grandpa, you know, your grandpa. I was just all like... Why are people, or like, why is this scene supposed to be funny? Because Grandpa laughed, and I didn't get it. He goes, oh, because it's a baby corn. And that still didn't explain anything to me. I go, yeah, and? <laughs> and, uh-huh. you know, I, I think maybe at that time I wasn't really eating corn on the cob. That could be it, too. And so, like, you know, hindsight, you're just like, okay, he's eating a baby corn like a corn on a cob. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if you could even do, but I think it was improvised by uh, Tom Hanks. Uh-huh. It was good improvisation on his part oh yeah he was a great comedian i mean i'm sure he still is now but he does more you know dramatic roles but um i enjoyed a lot of his older stuff you know uh because you know this wasn't your first time watch but it was almost right like you know now you're seeing it older and you kind of understand things more yeah you even commented that he looks really really young in this movie Mm -hmm. so you know that just shows like you know you've seen this very few times you know if that yeah, probably like two, three times. So you and I, we we love sushi. What do you think mm-hmm. about him eating the beluga, which is like caviar? Or I don't know if you caught on to that. That's what that is. Yeah, I didn't really know what that was. Beluga. Yeah. Beluga. Beluga. Yeah, I, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, um, I, I've never had beluga. I mean, I don't know if that's a brand, but if it's like caviar... We, you know, we've tried caviar, you know, that's why I brought up the whole sushi thing, because depending on your role, some, some roles may have, like, you know, a few pieces of caviar on it and what have you, but I didn't understand why he was, like, choking, so I thought that it had something with black pepper in it, or maybe he's just not used to the taste, and that's really what it was about. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember, I don't even really know what caviar tastes like. Yeah, it's, uh... Well, you like the 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 rose, right? The, the fish eggs, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it's. I don't want to say it's like that, but you're obviously going to get a very similar texture, but the flavor will be different. So oh. yeah. So m- more on that perhaps in the future. Um, okay. So Susan takes him home. You know, he's like playing around in the limo. What'd you think of that scene? 
I was getting annoyed. <laughs> oh, really? Him playing with like the door switches yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because like Susan was just kind of talking, he was just going <laughs> up and down with the windows. So I wonder. So it sounds like you were more in line with her. You're just like, just talk to the woman. Like, what the hell are you doing <laughs> yeah. playing with the radio dial? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. All right. I I like that. That's kind of funny. You know, you, that shows like your maturation there. You know, like yeah. I I feel. A couple of years ago, perhaps, well, you know, when we were doing this when you were younger, you might have been like, what's the problem? I don't see the problem in that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like you may have said that back then. Um, so they go to his house and we already talked about a lot of the happenings there. But one of my favorite lines, and I, I think a lot of people remember this, is... I'm not sure we should do this yet. Do what? Well, I mean, I like you and uh, I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I get to be on top. Funny scene. Yeah, that's funny. So Josh and Paul play racquetball. What do you think of that? Just Paul being a bully and, and Josh is like, well, you're not playing fair and they have like a fist fight. That was funny, you know. Um, it shows that they're both still kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you're a grown-up, there's still some immaturity about you. I think we all have something that will trigger us. Um, Paul sees Josh as a threat, you know, and so this is what that is about. But now this, I still have a question after all these years, but while they were fighting there was an onlooker. It was a woman, and she kind of like puts down her glasses. Was that his mom, or was that just the one that kind of looked like the actress that plays his mom? I wasn't paying attention enough okay. to see that. But, you know, why would his mom be in New York? Isn't that where he's from? No. I thought they, were, I thought they lived in the suburbs, and uh, Billy just helped him get to the city. Right. Oh, is that, that is that what it was? Yeah. I thought it was like somewhere. Okay. So imagine, no, yeah. So imagine, you know, we we live in Gresham, and it's all like, you know, it's like you going to um go live in the Pearl District in downtown Portland. Oh, uh, okay. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. So that that's the impression I got. So I don't think he went to like another state or anything like that, because like later on we also see like a missing uh picture of him on a milk carton, which mm-hmm. they don't do that anymore, but. Typically, those start off like locally, you know, in your area. So, I mean, that's that's another thing. I don't think that's what, you know, the filmmakers were going with. But that's, you know, um, I hate to say it, but I'm maybe speaking of some experience there. Um, uh, but, yeah, I've there's just this little bit of a lingering shot on this woman who's just kind of like look watching the fight. And just, you know, it could c- completely be like, what the hell are these two grown men fighting? But I always thought like, wait a minute, is that? the guy that walked into my house that one time. You know what I mean? That's why I thought it was his mom. And I still kind of do think. So I actually want to hear from the listeners what you guys think, if you guys even know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You'll have to... I'm sure the the fight clip is maybe on YouTube, and I'm sure that cut uh, of the woman is right in there. So let's uh, let's jump to where Billy takes Josh out to the surprise birthday dinner. We kind of mentioned it. This is where... They're like throwing. Is it eggs? They're throwing eggs into like the chef's mouth. Yeah. Or or maybe uh, maybe dumplings or something, but something big, right? Yeah. And at the oh, there's like dough rolls. 
okay, I, I, yeah, it could be. Um, but at the end of the dinner, like Billy still wants to do stuff, but he ends up blowing Billy off for for Susan. So, what did you kind of think about that? Like, this is like the first glimpse of their relationship kind of changing a little bit, uh, more so because of Josh. I, I thought it was a little sad, you know. What, what uh, do you Billy's- What do you think it is? Do you um, because okay, because just remember, Josh just turned thirteen. Okay, he has. Yeah, let's call. Go ahead and call her. He's got this new girlfriend. This woman. He does have a new position, so he's got more responsibilities. What do you think it is? Because again, this is still thirteen-year-old Josh, and this is his best friend we're talking about here. Do you think maybe it's because it's Susan? Do you think it's the girl? I think it's the girl, definitely. You know, he's a thirteen-year-old mm-hmm. just found a new girl. He's like, oh wow. So he's just you know overflowed with emotions and uh, hormones. So that so you think that's why he's kind of like blowing him off? Like, well, you know, hey, we're best friends, but like. This girl is, you know, we're we're doing something for my birthday, and he's kind of putting, you know, he's not going by that bro code, right? At at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, very unfortunate, but hey, stuff like that happens, right? Yeah. So we do get to see um, them go on a date. They go on a roller coaster, and he happens to walk by the Zoltar machine. The Zoltar speaks. Mm-hmm. What did did you have any kind of feelings at that point? Were you like frustrated, at, or were you just mad? Like Josh, just look over to your right, or anything like that. I mean, I wasn't too frustrated. You know, it's for the sake of the movie. Yeah, I think as a kid, I was always kind of like, it's right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just kind of yeah. anxious. It's like, come on, man. Situational irony and whatnot. Yeah, and also like this date. What did you think of their date? Did you think it was fun? Do you think it was cute? Do you think it slowed it down the cute. movie? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not that. It, I mean, I, I thought it was integral to like to see their relationship and like why it'd be hard for Josh to like want to go back to being a kid. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Mm. But also for me, it's kind of like he's thirteen years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the. I I think when we watch this when we're younger, we not forgot that you know little fact, but. It's something that we dismiss very easily, you know, and in in our times now where we've heard stories of, you know, teachers and students and stuff like that, it's really hard to kind of like, he is 13, like, and you guys are having this, this great date, you know, this is great for grownups, but also it's like a 13 year old and a woman in her like mid 30s. Mm-hmm. So like, she can be his mom, like in that movie. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, actually, I would say so. Even if she's in her early 30s, you know, she could have had him like late teens, early 20s. But anyway, so we cut to the creepiest scene of the entire movie where they're back at her place and it's very sensual. And, you know, she takes off her top and he cups her boob. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you saw his the look on his face, but it was pretty creepy. <laughs> and I don't say that very often, but it's a, a creepy Tom Hanks look. This scene makes me uncomfortable just because I know his age. Yeah. Were were you kind of like wanting to close your eyes and not see it? or A little bit, but I knew I had to watch it because we're doing this review. Sure. <laughs> it It is cringe-inducing. It really, really is. And the fact that she's like trying to turn the lights off to like kind of set the mood and he's like turning it on because he wants to see everything, like all of that is just, it's nuts. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I could use 
a loose remake and fix some of this, which me maybe we had already gotten from 13 going on 30, I feel. Yeah. So he's a new man. <laughs> this next scene, he's like, he's walking with some pep in his step. He's, he's smiling from ear to ear. He's wearing a blazer now, uh, which mm-hmm. also I forgot to mention that Susan's changed her look. You know, she's she's very um, less business-like. She's more, maybe not homey, but m- maybe uh, more conservative instead of, you know, very business uh, apparel. But they both kind of changed their look. You know, they're both comfortable and both happy. But I don't know. I mean, we just kind of see, like, this relationship build, right? They're at a dinner, and there's, like, this kid who's asking his dad to help him with algebra. But his dad's like, no, we got guests over. And then Josh's like, hey... I know algebra. <laughs> you know, let me go help you. So yes. my thing was like, I hope they're not the same age because like, wouldn't Josh also be learning algebra at the same time? But maybe he just, he got it down. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So even mm-hmm. if they were the same age, he's like, well, I'm learning it too, but I understand it, you know, just better than this kid. So it just shows Susan like, oh, wow. You know, he's such a great guy. Uh-huh. So Josh and Susan go over like an electric comic book idea. And she wants to know how he feels about her. And he's like, uh, duh. And just starts like hitting her <laughs> with the comic book. Did you think yeah. that was a cute scene at all? You know, I, I, I feel like that's how a 13 year old may react. You know, like he's kind of full of emotions right now and doesn't really know how to put it into words, but just thinks that it's such a stupid question to be asking him because it's like, clearly I like you. <laughs> mm hmm. was a cute scene that you did too. Um, I like the electric comic book idea, but I don't think it really worked today. Now, I mean, how how different is it from perhaps a Kindle or a um an app on your iPad where you can kind of choose your own adventure? It'd be the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. So the times have changed. I think they were talking about how this would be like 17 bucks. You probably wouldn't pay for it, but you know, you'd have an iPad or maybe like a phone with a big screen and you would pay like a $5 app for that very same idea, right? Uh-huh. Comic book where you could change your adventure. So I think Josh Baskin was ahead of his time here. You know, he was definitely onto something. Yeah. So what do you think about the scene where Billy walks into his office and reminds him who he is? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I kind of took Josh's side. I mean, I, I get Billy wants to get him back. He wants his best friend back. And that's what Josh wanted. And, you know, it might've been selfish for me to think, but if I was in Josh's position, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I think it's a really hard question to ask anybody. Like, what would you do? Um, Josh, he is 13, He but he's in a very successful position. He's got a girlfriend, but also he's like, um yeah, I I would I would go back to Billy because you're missing out on growing up. You're missing like over a decade of growing up to do, you know what I mean? It's just a cool position to leave. Like that's the part that would make it hard cuz it's not like he's going to change back to a kid at any time, you know what I mean? It's up to them. So, it is a really hard question I think you can ask anybody. So, I I agree with you. Like I I do kind of side with both of them, but Josh still has a whole life that he still needs to live. You know, before, I don't know. Do you take that position? Do you stay a grown-up? Do I? Would I stay a grown-up? Yeah, because it's kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, um, position to be in. No, because I... You got your family. You know, how, yeah, yeah, you, gotta, you have a family. You, know, you can't just disappear like that forever. That's incredibly selfish. Right. You know? it, it'd be I mean, tough. That's a tough uh, decision to make. 
yeah, it's nice to be in that position to um, have, you know, good financial stability and all that figured out, like, in the span of weeks, but it's not living. Right. Nope. No, no, it's not. So let's, uh, let's jump to the end, right? Um, this, uh, this is where Josh, he actually goes to the Zoltar machine. You know, we get a little scene where Susan meets Billy and Billy, you know, tells her where, where to find him. So what'd you think about like essentially what, what is a breakup scene? You know, where, you know, she, oh, he, he says he has to go back to his family and she's, you know, she can't follow him because she's already lived that life. Was that sad for you at all or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay. So the movie just ends with him kind of like walking home and it kind of bothered me that he turned around like twice. Not bothered me like not, not in the sense where I could have just used it one time. Well, maybe I used it one time, but he turns around. It's Tom Hanks waving by. He walks a few more steps, turns around. It's little Josh Baskins turns around to wave by again. Like, I don't know. There was something weird about that. Did you have any problems with that at all? I had so many problems with that. Not even like so many, just like a huge problem. Just because, you know, if I was in Susan's position and I just saw like this little 13 year old girl walking back home, I'd be so like disgusted with myself. And just like, I don't know. I would have been much more freaking out than Susan was. You'd be scared you'd get arrested. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you're still sitting in that car, and here's a little girl, 13-year-old girl walking home with, like, uh, really big women clothes on. Uh, yeah. You'd probably speed off. I would speed <laughs> off. I'd be like, oh, this, is, this isn't going to be good. This does not look good at all. But it's the 80s. The cops probably just uh, drive on by waving at you. Hello, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that wraps up the end of the movie. It's definitely, um, you know, a, a favorite to mine. Uh, it's not one that I revisit that often, but uh, is this one that you would kind of go back and watch? Uh, how, how, what are your feelings uh, on this movie? I love it. Well, okay, I definitely loved it when I was younger. Definitely feeling the creepy factor as I'm older. Very problematic. Very problematic. I, I I just wasn't satisfied with the ending and how you know everything seemed fine after he was gone for six weeks. You know, right. So uh, we don't do ratings on the show like we used to, uh, and I had a hard time pulling up big on Rotten Tomatoes. Which I let's be honest, I'm sure it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. But on IMDb, it's got a rating of 7.3 out of 10. Um, okay. What do you think of that rating? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, it's not too high, not too low. It's pretty above average, which I think this movie was, you know, being iconic, I would say. A classic. Yeah. A classic, iconic. I mean, that, that piano scene that you uh, enjoy, that's a very iconic scene, absolutely. Um, so... After we watched the movie, uh, you actually, it was late, so you actually went to bed, and I continued to watch deleted scenes. Do you want to know what some of them were? Uh, sure. All right, so there was a scene of Billy at home with his family, and it was basically a family dinner, and it just kind of showed, like, the dynamic at home. I could see why it was deleted, because, you know, why did it matter? Mm-hmm. Um, there was also one, A Day in the Office with Susan. I, I thought it was actually a little boring, uh, but that's that's all it was. Just like, you know, different s- sequences of her in the office. Um, there's one that, no, this one was interesting. Uh, at the hotel room, Josh, he actually goes out into the hallway to call home. And his dad picks up and he pretends to be conducting like a survey 
basically just to hear his his dad's voice because uh, his little sister starts like crying in the background or something. And then his dad's just like trying to hurry up and get off the phone and, and hangs up. And Josh just kind of like stands there holding it still. So mm-hmm. maybe it was taken out because like, well, he already called the mom and we already got that. Like, yeah, we get it. This is something Josh probably would do, but it's a little redundant, right? It's like two scenes. It's, it's like a similar scene. Right. So I, I could see that. Um, the breakfast scene where Susan and Paul were together, that was extended. Uh, oh, they we get a deleted scene of them renting the tuxedo. So Billy and Josh, they go to like a tailor and they're looking at some like really terrible tuxes. <laughs> And then they turn around and they're like, oh, what about that? And then they run off screen. And then obviously it probably cuts to the dance or the, the dinner and he's in the white tuxedo. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that. That, you know, it wasn't very long. And, you know, I, I don't see why that was cut. Um, let's see. There's a, a deleted scene where Josh visits uh, Mr. McMillan in his office late one night. And they just talk about toys. Again, I see that why that was taken out because it was more about Mr. McMillan. Um, there was a scene taken out where Josh and Susan were testing out a new toy and they were working late at the office. Uh, Susan and she runs into Mr. McMillan just right outside, uh, who takes notice that she's acting differently and he's happy for the two of them. So he knows that they're seeing each other. So again, it's kind of cool, but it's like, okay, I can see why they took it out. And the very last one, tell me what you think about this. Susan goes through Josh's wallet. So I think this is after, you know, that scene where they were together and he's like i want to go home susan you know i'm uh, i'm a child or you know i have a family she's like oh my god you're married you know that scene uh-huh the big blah so i think after that she goes through his wallet and she sees like the zoltar card and then um uh, billy he's also like making calls about zoltar so we see some of those uh and then she starts kind of like testing josh so they're outside of the building and they go to like a stand and she's like hey why don't you pick out like a bubble gum and she's like watching him observing him right and then he picks up like bubblicious and hands it to her and she just looks at him you know like oh my god you know so uh-huh. what do you what do you think about that do you think that would have been i i i thought it was a little cheesy because well, I thought it was a little cheesy the way that she found out that he was a kid just because, you know, they're in a meeting and she was like, oh, we a kid rig by this. Yeah. Now, see, now after you mentioning that, I'm trying to think maybe where this particular scene would have came in. But for me, I thought tonally it was just a little off, you know, at that very third act uh, because now it turns into kind of sitcom-y you know where she's giving him like these very suspicious looks and is observing him to see if she can kind of point out any childlike mannerisms aside from him picking up a bubble issues mm-hmm. so that's pretty much it uh so that's it for the deleted scenes now again this being our 200th episode uh for our 100 Honestly, I don't remember if we asked any questions, but we reviewed Teen Wolf, you know, so that was a lot of fun. If anyone's interested, check that out. Phoenix was, what, 16 at the time, I, I feel? Well, it depends Probably. when that was released. Probably 16, 16. Maybe freshly turned 17. So for our 200 episode here, we did solicit some, some feedback. Uh, it's actually more so questions from friends of the family, so let's get into that. I've got something for you. A lot of Oh, 
The very first one comes from Stephen Izzy over at Everything I Learned from Film. So uh, teasing it now, we have uh, or I have an upcoming episode with Steve here uh, at Paul Stalgic, uh Return of Movie Wars. It was a segment I did uh, a few times last year, so he's back for that. Uh, so Steve's question uh, for your son, the first movie you remember watching with your dad. And then he asks me first, remember the first one I remember with my dad. So I'll go ahead and go first to give you kind of some time to think. But the very first movie I remember watching with Grandpa, um, and I'm going to go with the movie that we saw in theaters. And it was 1989 Batman. So um, I was six years old, and I remember sitting in the movie theater with him, uh, you know, kind of asking him questions throughout the movie, which, you know, now as a grown-up, you're like, be quiet, kid. You know, don't talk yeah. during the movie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yep. That uh, yeah, indeed a classic. That is what I saw with my dad. I personally do not remember the first movie we watched together. Um, I do know that during my childhood, really all we would watch is Disney movies like Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., uh, occasionally The Land Before Time. If I had to pick a movie that I would say that we saw often, it would be The Land Before Time. Yep. Yep, you you were very big to dinosaurs, uh, mm-hmm. and you saw a lot of the sequels too. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you seen every single one of them. Uh, Land Before Time, I can confidently say was in um, in your rotation quite a bit. Uh, Monsters Inc. I feel was the um, the one that you saw the most uh, between that and Finding Nemo you mentioned, um, but also a fun little nugget. The very first movie I took you to when you were just weeks old was um, uh, The Patriot. Patriot. Yeah. Mel Gibson. Yeah, it was a movie I wanted to see, and I did not have a sitter because I was a teenage father. So I took you to one of the late showings, and you slept through it. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Now, this I guess this is a question. He just kind of asks us, PG-13 or R-rated with no context? So, um, if I just had to choose between the two, hard R, you know, R rated. I like the hard R. Yeah, I do too. You know, um, the first more fun that way. Yeah, you know, uh, the violence, the 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 language, you know, um, that's more realistic, right? I mean, if you censor yourself, Mm -hmm. that's not how most people talk, unless you're, you know, you grew up just not swearing in your family. So yeah, Disney does a pretty good job though with the Marvel movies. Oh yeah, yep, nope. You have a very good point. Um, touche. So, touche. First on-screen crush for both of you. Um, I'll I'll go first because I I definitely put some a little thought into this. And um, this question, I feel, does come up again later, or I could be wrong. But um, first on-screen crush. Now, here's the thing. I feel most of the movies that I watched when I was a lot younger had like teenage girls in it. You know, let's throw it back to the future because most people know that I'm a huge back to the future fan. Yes, um, you know, I, I think Leah Thompson and Claudia Wells are very beautiful women. But when I was younger, you know, I looked at them as teenage girls. And so, I don't know, I guess as a kid, I've never really looked at them as crushes. That could also be a thing where I wasn't, you know, like into girls quite yet that way. Uh, but I feel some of my early crushes on TV were actually from Full House because I grew up, you know, a fan of Full House, even Fresh Prince. You know, I thought Ashley Banks from Fresh Prince was quite pretty. Um, I thought Stephanie, you know, she was like my age. So I, Stephanie was my favorite Tanner sister. And also 
Stephanie's uh, best friend Gia, or you know, friend Gia, uh, I, she was extremely attractive to me as well. Um, so those were kind of some of the early ones I remember. Okay, so for me, I, I don't know. I've never really had like on-screen crushes until like a few years ago, but I always did remember thinking that the pink. Power Ranger was really pretty. The very first one, or the, this newer movie? The uh, no, not not this newer movie. Um, but the newer the movie, Power Rangers pretty movie. Too. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I don't know she's really pretty. But the the, the Power Rangers movie where the uh, 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 Ivan uh, Ooze. Oh, Ivan Ooze. Yeah, yeah, Ivan yeah, Ooze. Yeah. yeah, with okay. that with that movie. Got it. Yeah. Ranger. Amy yeah. Jo Johnson. She was everybody's favorite as well. She she is very pretty. Um, on screen, I guess that could mean like TV or movie, but I feel maybe one of the early movie crushes I had, like, you know, going to the theater was probably Christina, Christina Ritchie from Adam's Family. I was a mm. little bit older then and may have started to kind of get into girls at that point, but she's probably one of my earlier, early ones I can remember in a movie at the theaters. Yeah. And TV wise, uh, I'd probably say like, Ashley Tisdale or um, from uh, High School Musical. Yeah, from High School Musical or Vanessa Hudgens. Actually, no, no, I'll, I'll say Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens is probably my you know, TV screen crush. Okay. Oh, interesting. I've never heard you. Well, this is all new to me, obviously. So that, you know, um, that, that is interesting. Yeah, I find her attractive too. She's a cute one. Uh, so those are all from uh, everything I learned from movies. Uh, thank you, Stephen Izzy. And the next one comes from uh, Justin and Chrissy over at So I Married a Movie Geek. Uh, I have an upcoming episode on a different podcast called Music in My Brain that also features Justin. So keep an eye out if you guys are interested in that. Um, Justin asks, what's the number one movie that your dad slash son loves that you can't stand? Now, you and I kind of uh, talked about this a little bit, but our taste in movies aren't that... Um, different really they're pretty similar but i can't mm -hmm. say that there's anything that i hate that you like you know there's mm -hmm. some movies that i may not watch i mean one of your uh favorite movies was uh shark tale and lava girl well wait shark <laughs> shark boy and lava girl shark, shark boy and lava girl. yeah i mean i not anymore clearly but, <laughs> but you know back then but like, but okay, when you used to right. watch it all the time i'm just like nah, i could do without just because you know it was straight up for kids like that's not something yeah. i was able to watch from like beginning to end mm -hmm. uh so again i wouldn't say there's anything that i would hate but there was movies where i'm like i'll just throw this on for you and not watch it and you know mm -hmm. just have it in the background so there's those yeah. yeah there's not many movies that i don't like um or at least that i hate so it's, it's, it's a tough question. Um, yeah. Well, you're definitely my kid because I can't say I hate very many movies. I mean, there's some mm -hmm. that I do hate. Like, I'll just be like, oh, that movie's mm -hmm. just terrible. But uh, mm -hmm. I think for the most part, you know, I'm very forgiving uh, a lot of movies. Because there's always something to appreciate about movies. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way I look at it, too. So his next question, if you were Swiss Family Robinson on a desert island and only had the magic ability to watch three movies total, so that's between the two of us, which ones would you choose? So your first choice, you went with The Dark Knight, mm -hmm. which I agree. We love uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker. That's a great movie. And it's not just a straight-up comic book movie. It's just a straight-up crime movie as well. Yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. we do enjoy that. Um 
I think uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention a Back to the Future movie, but I had you choose which one because I can go I- any of them. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. if you ask me, Back to the Future is a six-hour saga, so it is just mm-hmm. one big movie for me. But you chose part two, and I am okay with that. Part two is great. It's got some elements in it that one and three don't do at all. Um, mm-hmm. And then our third movie, uh, I had you choose, and you went with Infinity War, and I'm okay with that. I mm-hmm. I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, we both enjoyed it afterwards, and I, I I don't know about you, but I was a little sad to to hear like some people hated it the way the way it ended. I'm like, what? It was honest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the people that hated it, I think, are the people that haven't been watching the MCU movies for the past <laughs> ten years. The people who aren't investing, you know, their time and like paying attention to all the details that are happening. I think that if you watched maybe like three Marvel movies and went into this movie because it was so hyped up, you wouldn't understand much and you wouldn't like understand the ending. Yeah, I, I feel that you could still have casual movie watchers who have seen all the Avengers movies or Avengers movies, but all the MCU movies. Maybe they just went to watch those just the one time at the theater. You know, and mm-hmm. just never like caught up, um, you know, never rewatch any of those afterwards. And, you know, so those, you know, they could have seen them all, but still may not have cared for the ending of Infinity War. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wouldn't say like, oh, just because, you know, they didn't like it because they've only seen a few of them. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's also the people that don't like appreciate that heroes don't always get a happy ending. Oh, know? absolutely. So there's that too. So yeah, yeah it so wasn't. It's a, it's a huge mixture. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, good, good point. Um, so those are our three. Uh, if you guys are interested, hit us up with your three. See what you guys, uh, um, or share with us what, what you guys have. Uh, this one comes from our friends over at the Flix X Raid. And they ask, I am assuming you are doing the movie big. Yes. Uh, my question is, what is the most adult thing you want to do? So again, I'll go first because I am an adult. Um, however, I became a father at, Phoenix's age. So Phoenix is 18 now. When I was his age, Phoenix was already one years old. Um, mm. So there's still things I have not yet done in my adulthood. I've, I've had done many things. I've, you know, at this point, I've been married. You know, I, I have a, uh, a few kids. Uh, I bought my own house, my own car. The only thing I would say I have not done is I would like to, um, you know, perhaps take a family trip or, um, uh, yeah, so some trip to a country outside of the, uh, the, uh, North America, you know, so I, you know, I don't want to go to Mexico, like uh, Mexico. Sure. You know, that's cool. Um, but that's not so different than going to like Canada or Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to go to another country where I don't speak the language. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's something I would like to experience as an adult. What about you? Right. Definitely paying taxes. You want to pay taxes? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Definitely kidding. You got me. Um, you got me. <laughs> like, I... Whose kid are you? <laughs> <laughs> the most adult thing I'd like to do. Um, you know, I I, I don't know. Uh, let, let I don't me, know if if you can come up with an answer, great. But let me ask you a a side question uh, next to this. You just turned eighteen. What's the first thing you would like to do as an eighteen-year-old that you would say? Skydive. Oh, you well, you haven't skydived, but you've done stuff like it. But but as an eighteen-year-old, you know, like for for example, not that you would do this, go buy a pack of cigarettes. 
You know, you could do that at 18. You can't do that I could. at 17. I could. Yeah. I so, won't. I won't, but I could. Yeah, but but something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you're 18 now. Like, uh, another example. Who knows? Maybe you've already done this. I don't know. Go to an adult store. That You can <laughs> do that as an 18-year-old. See? So, those are some examples. So, you just you just turned 18. You're at camp right now. So that's So, that's one thing. But, like... As soon as you can, what is the first thing you like to do is like, hey, I can do this now because I am 18. Well, I don't know many things I could do. I know my friends have gotten like a lottery ticket, which I wouldn't do that because I'm not interested in that. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things that when you turn 18, that it's usually bad habits. The, so like when you turn 18, club, there's, yeah, you can, you can go to strip club, you can go to adult store, you can get a pack of cigarettes, you can buy a lottery ticket, you can start gambling. Like, those are all unhealthy things. Um, I want to do something that when you turn 18, you have the right to have fun to do this. Hmm. And I I, I get, like, for some people, those things are fun. And I'm not bashing on it, you know, to each his own. But um, I would like to do something meaningfully fun. Okay. If that makes sense. No, absolutely, that makes sense. And I couldn't be more proud of that answer. So, Mm -hmm. um, all right. Thanks, guys, from Flix X-Raid. The next one comes from a very close friend of mine, Carly, who runs Core Temp Arts. Without her, some of the shows that I cover or podcast on couldn't be possible. And also, um, Postalgic is part of Core Temp Arts. So, Carly, she asks, what have you learned about each other in 200 episodes? How has your relationship changed since episode one? Um, I put a lot into this, uh, a lot of thought into this. Um, the ever since we did start the show, it has changed. Uh, I feel uh, after 20, 30, 40 episodes, at some point, I felt you may have gotten a little overwhelmed uh, with podcasting. And when I first started, I knew no other way than to go scene by scene. And you got to remember, you were 14 years old, so it was harder to kind of carry a conversation with you like we do now, you know, talking about these these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to like when we went to go watch Hereditary together and like the conversations we'd have with that, you weren't able to kind of come up with that type of conversation with you as a 14-year-old. So, so I felt I had to go scene by scene and kind of cue you up to talk about certain things. And I felt like doing that weekly or however often we did it, it might might have gotten boring for you. And so I'm glad that I kind of evolved to going away from that and kind of talking about the movie in general, talking about, you know, kind of key scenes. And I felt like maybe at some point it might have felt a little bit more fun again. Um, uh-huh. Again, this is all just coming from me not having spoken to you about this because early on, I don't know if I ever shared this comment, but I heard from somebody who heard from someone else. They were kind of questioning, like, is Phoenix even into this anymore? It doesn't sound like he's really interested in doing the show anymore. You know, so mm-hmm. if, you know, for those that have been listening to the show for a while, there was actually, um, you know, e- e- even now, but, you know, I, I totally get it now, but. Uh, when you were like 14, 15 years old, there was like a long period where you were just never on the show anymore. That's because I just didn't want to keep asking you back on because I, I, I did feel that, you know, you were kind of disinterested, um, you know. So I feel like th- our relationship, you know, hasn't changed. We still both love movies and stuff like that. But uh, in terms of change, I felt like I was able to kind of understand how to try to make it more fun for you. 
um, and you know not bore you with the scene by scene detail. So that's mm-hmm. kind of I felt like my maturation as a podcaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I, when I read that question too, I, I had to think about it, and I was like, you know, I, I feel like our relationship. Um, I wouldn't say it's gotten stronger. I think that we've definitely been able to talk to each other easier, uh, whether it be through anything, just because we've been talking through podcasts for who knows how many hours. So it's just easier to carry conversations, like you said, um, whether it be through life, whether it be through movies. Um, it just it bonded that little connecting pieces between us to help us talk. Yeah, and for me, like, um, I wanted to find something to do with you. One of the big factors into creating this podcast initially with you was because uh, your brother was born, you know, and I did not want you to feel that you were being left out because when be- before he was born, you know, um, your stepmom and I, we we told you like we don't want you to think we love you any less. He's a baby. He's gonna require more attention. So I wanted to do something with you personally to show you that you're not being forgotten about. So that's why I originally started the show. And um, to answer the part where what we have learned about each other is, um, I was actually very surprised by some of the movies that I loved that you didn't really care about. You know, so that's kind of an example. Um, the first one, I, the first one I always go to is Three Amigos. Like, the, uh-huh. the, it's so quotable. Uh, a lot of people my age, it's you can say a line from there and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. But for that review, I was like, you know what? Not as funny as I remember. And in again, if I remember correctly, you didn't really care for that movie like at all. Yeah, I said, yeah, I, I, I didn't really care for it much. Um, I don't, I don't think that movie holds up very well. Okay. Uh, and that's fair, you know, and that's, that was the purpose of the show, you know, is your, you were giving your opinions from your perspective, you know, uh, in, in new generation, right? So movies have changed and mm-hmm. humor and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one comes from a friend of the show, Allegra. She has provided uh, feedback before. Um, she is a network mate of mine and she hosts, um, History of Color and also numerous TV shows over at TV at My Brain. So, uh, thanks, Allegra, for submitting these questions. Uh, her first one is, what movie have you two enjoyed post- uh, podcasting together? Do you, do you have one? Uh, I, I haven't put too much thought into this and it's funny because, uh, go ahead. My favorite movie to podcast was Coming to America. Oh, our very first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that one too. Um, and there was one point we were talking about a particular scene that I was trying to kind of beat around the bush with, but you kind of came out and helped me explain that scene, you know, to, to kind of censor ourselves. Um, so I thought that was fun. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be a little vanilla and agree with you on that one just because it's our very first episode. Now, one of the funnest uh, movies that I've enjoyed talking with you about that we did not podcast on, and I, I wish that we had did, was Hereditary. Yeah, I was thinking about that too when we were, <laughs> when we were talking about Hereditary because I was like, wow, this would be a great conversation if we were podcasting. Yeah, and I think the problem with that was we had no plans to go watch Hereditary. It was just straight up a like a last minute thing. We're just like, hey, let's go watch this. Okay. And then we watched mm-hmm. it and we're like, oh my God. So I think if we were in the <laughs> mindset that we were going to go watch it possibly for a review, 
we could have we would have been analyzing it a little bit more. analyzing well and we still could have like after we both watched it the second time but because we're you and i we're still talking about it till this day so mm-hmm. i mean i don't see why we can't do it eventually uh, just because um but that that's one of my more f- uh, favorite recent movies uh, to cover with you or talk yeah about. um I, I don't regret watching hereditary i think it was a good experience to have but having since watched it it makes walking alone at camp so much harder, especially at nighttime. Oh, I, I can imagine um, why. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so like yesterday, uh, so for those of you who don't know, I'm at, I'm at a camp for a while. Um, I'm staying overnight on the weekends, which most people don't do. So it's like me and a skeleton crew basically at this camp. And I was taking a shower yesterday and I had to walk all the way up this hill and just walking by myself at this time at or 11 o'clock at night. Well, you know, there's, creatures moving around all around me i was terrified so um thank god there were hopefully there was no naked people walking around the forest hopefully not but (laughs) i've heard that that's actually happened before oh lord yeah so Mm -hmm. and and you're considering staying there uh, a few more weeks next month so uh yes maybe i consider already made a plan to not take a shower at nighttime and do everything (laughs) before it's dark and go to sleep before uh eight that's smart that's smart of you Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, that's Allegra's first question. Her second question, what movie has surprised you individually, either surprised you liked or you didn't like it? Um, I'll I'll go ahead and go first. Um, And it's funny that she asks this question. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but you and I recently, we um, did the Indiana Jones trilogy, which uh, Mm -hmm. Allegra also provided feedback for each of those movies. Um, I was very surprised that the first two you weren't very high on at all and matter of fact you actually kind of said they were boring mm-hmm. yeah and but you know spoiler if you guys haven't seen those three movies but you did uh really enjoy the the last crusade with sean connery's you know the father right. and son dynamic so right. uh, so i was surprised that um if anything for kind of I, I feel like I have a sense of um, knowing your taste in movies. Like I felt like you would have liked Temple of Doom, the second one. Um, mm-hmm. But I was surprised that the first two you didn't really care about. Yeah, um, I thought you were going to say School of Ties, personally. You, you know what? I have forgotten about that because that was a personal favorite. And yes, yes, I, I was surprised with that one as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say that's the first surprise uh, was School of Ties, that, uh, you, that you didn't really care for that. Um, but also, to be fair, and if I remember correctly, uh, you just uh, it was too dramatic for you. You know, like it wasn't lighthearted at all. It wasn't a comedy. It was just a straight drama about a Jewish teenager trying to fit in and not let anybody know, you know, his religious preference. Uh, in I mean, the it's, not, 50s. it's not particularly that. I mean, I, I can watch a drama. Okay. Um, I mean, I can't now, even I, I feel, my head. But, uh-huh. um, you know, school ties, it just didn't tickle my fancy. Okay. I, I wonder now that you're 18, I wonder if you go back and it, it will change anything. I, I would be curious. I would be curious. Um, but yeah. Uh, now, what about me? Uh, any movie that we did where you were a little surprised with something I said? Um, at the top of my head. Well, I okay, cannot tell my head because I, I thought about this. But I'm, I'm not sure because, um, I mean, there's, there's always going to be a movie where, like, where I'll think, hey, that was pretty good. And you'll be like, yeah, I guess. But it wasn't like I would think that it wasn't as good as uh, you thought or – I would think that you thought it would have been as good as I thought it was, but you would have not liked it as much. Um, like I was 
was like in love with Incredibles 2. So when I heard when you're like, oh, yeah, it's good. I mean, it was a little better than the first one. I thought I was like, oh, huh. OK, OK, I can see that. Um, well, I, I, I felt it was a little long. I will say I light loved it. Mm-hmm. So I had no problems with it except for that it was a little long. Uh, I felt it was very much like the first movie, but I liked it better than the first movie. So um, I think I think for me, for it being 14 years in between, I was hoping for a storyline that was a little bit more different. But but what do you do? Because it takes place right after the first movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. think that's really fair. But uh, I okay, I can see that. Um, and you know what? I know you haven't seen Ant-Man 2 yet, but... It might be the same. You might watch Ant Man too, and was like, "Oh, that movie was great." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, it was it was really good, <laughs> you know." Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I think it also kind of comes down to like the humor. I think we do have a different like sense in the humor, perhaps, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. So that's it. That's that's all of the questions uh, that was uh, sent to us. So uh, again, I want to uh, want to thank each and one of you that uh, did send those, and not only them. I want to thank each and one of you that have supported us, uh, our show. You know, all these years, four years now, two hundred episodes, um, and you know, to take a line from the '90s. You know, Bad Boy said, "We can't stop, won't stop." So, you know, we will continue uh, for the time being. So, um, more fun movies uh, to come. Uh, Phoenix mentioned off mic uh, during the review of Big that he would be interested to go back and revisit, uh, vice versa. So, may- maybe not in the near future, but that mm. you know. Could could be. We'll see. So that's a, a teaser for, for for one there. Um, but for anyone that you know wants to follow our show, you know clearly you found a way to find us uh, through Apple Podcasts or the website, what have you. But if you want to interact with me, uh, you know I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Paul Stalgic. Uh Please consider leaving an iTunes review that really help out uh, our show and the visibility of it. And also we have a group page called Podstalgic and Friends. So um, it's not super active in there, but I'm also not just sharing things in there just to share them. I really just post episodes that I do uh, from all other podcasts, whether it's a guest spot or guest host or what have you. So I just kind of put like, I just made the group page like a one-stop shop for all the all the different contents that I produce. And the, the conversations are usually carried in those threads that I post. So uh, if you're interested, Find it on uh, Facebook, Podstogic and Friends. So um, thanks again, Phoenix, for joining in on the big 200 episode covering big. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you'll be back for future movies. And we definitely got to go do some new ones again. You know, those are also a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe hereditary. <laughs> yeah. So so we'll see. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Heart and soul, I fell in love with you. Heart and soul, the way a fool would do madly, because you held me tight and stole a kiss in a night. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.